I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. I am Tristan Miller, uh, the Kid Cop. I am Melissa Maley, the Spy. I am Tyler Riley, Cop and a Half. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a free title, and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash adcpod. Um, I recommend... I had one. Oh, right. What I've been recommending for this is um, uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, because it is the, the season and Poirot does love his Dickens. So there you oh go. My. That's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> but what are we reviewing today, gang? Today we are reviewing Murder for Christmas by Francis Duncan, as performed by John Curlis. Uh, this is actually technically book two mm-hmm. in the Mordecai Tremaine series by Francis Duncan. Yes. Um, Not to be confused with Mordecai, which is a Johnny Depp film that came out in 2014. No, do not confuse it with that. Do not. Or Mordecai, the WWE performer of the early, mid-2000s. Okay, so we each brought a Mordecai. It's (laughs) it's an elephant exchange with Mordecais. It's fun. Yeah, of course. Mm. How else would you do it? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. A subtle dunk, but I appreciate it. Um, Put me in my place. (laughs) (laughs) There's a few Mordecai Tremaine books. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one is apparently Murder Has a Motive. This is apparently number two. Mm. So um, he's called an amateur sleuth in all of the Goodreads, uh, you know, recommendations or summaries that I've found. Mm -hmm. Um, Which actually reminds me, I was trying to think up a new name for Tristan. Ooh. Actually, because I was thinking, because we have like those diminutive, because we're amateurs. Yes. Yeah. So um, what I was thinking was like a semi-sleuth. A semi-sleuth? Semi-sleuth. Semi-sleuth, you got the alliteration? All right, we'll keep workshopping it. I like sleuth, though, as an idea. Sleuth is good, right? Sleuth Sleuth is a fun one. John Wilkes Sleuth. That's all I got. Oh. I'm into that one. Mm. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm a murderer, and I'm I've shot the president. Someone, sorry, someone shot the president. Let me just quick detect who. It certainly wasn't me. I couldn't possibly. I wasn't even around. I was in the (laughs) middle of the play. What are you talking about? We have a lot of scene setting and narration in this book. There's a lot made about the moon uh-huh. in this, and like there's a little prologue bit. May I say something about this? The first, what I would count, um, ten chapters of this book. Sure. Oh. Um, they feel as the I have never understood people being un and disinterested with um, John Ronald Rules Tolkien's work, The Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. Often a complaint is that he focuses too much on things that do not matter to the plot of the story and are confusing as heck. After reading this book, I now understand what they mean. Because for the first three chapters, I'm just like, what is, so we're talking about who owned this house 127 years ago. That's how it opens, which is a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. And maybe we'll get into this later. But one thing I will say for now is Mm -hmm. that. I'm wondering if I had just been reading this for leasure and mm-hmm. not listening to it um, also. Mm-hmm. If I had been take, had a book in my hand and was reading it for leisure and not needing to review it, would I have enjoyed all the scene setting? I wonder that. That I, is a question I pose. I also thought of that when I was listening to it. Mm-hmm. Because may I say just starting off at the beginning of this, Mm -hmm. I did listen to most of this book at 1.5 speed Mm -hmm. because the narrator did take his time with every single word, which is... That's so smart. Yeah. I wish I had done that. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, hey, so I can't pay attention to this because there's too much space in between the words. Yeah. Um, But I think if I had been reading it, it would have translated a little bit better. Sure. Yeah. So I I agree with your post question. Okay. Like maybe it's just that. Maybe it's Maybelline. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then also the performer of this, I could not decide 
at first I was like, oh, no, I am not a fan. Mm -hmm. This is not the guy for me. Uh, And then I started also second-guessing myself and being like, oh, well, you know, maybe it's he's fine and I'm just used to other other people performing things and mm-hmm. I kept going back and forth I kept trying to I kept trying to like him mm-hmm. which is um, a good thing to do yeah when you're in a nine hour audible <laughs> yeah this one's longer most of our Agatha Christie books are about five hours mm-hmm. five or six yes yeah. this one was nine full hours uh-huh. like n- almost nine exactly yeah yeah Nine hours and 40 seconds. I will never forget. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyler, what did you think about the narrator? I, I liked him. Like, okay. if he had just, if he had kept the pace of the ending of the book throughout, mm-hmm. he would have been money for me. I liked uh, the choice uh, voice for the different characters. Yes. Particularly Mordecai and Nicholas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think and they... Professor Loring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was fine. Uh, I don't know too much about the voice actor's career, but... Yeah, that I don't know either. I'm curious as to what else he's done. But yeah, he was a bit slow, but, you know, I enjoyed it. His, yeah. The tone of his voice. Okay. I Yeah, it was. It got a little plodding for me in the narration. Plodding with Ds, not Ts. Um, but, mm-hmm. just to be clear... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, when he was doing dialogue, I did really enjoy him. Yeah. Um, I would say there were also just times, and maybe this is because I, uh, outside factors, um, there were, it was hard to understand him. Okay. Because of the, his diction and the way, like he has a very plummy voice, but it, is, mm. it sits in the back of his throat a lot. Yeah. So he would talk and it would sound like there would be sh- like lisps almost occasionally huh. to me. Okay. And I was like, who is, what's happening? I see. Um, but that's also probably because I have a hard time paying attention to anything, let alone the sentence I'm in the middle of. Yeah. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Huh? <laughs> 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 All right. So getting into it a little bit. Uh, everyone is going to Benedict Graham's house for Christmas. It's a big house, very big house, lots of history. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> What is known as a historic house. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're in England, by the way, as (laughs) as almost everything we read. Uh, Yeah. But um, it's very, like, Agatha Christie-esque in Mm -hmm. plot-wise conception style kind of, like, style. It's definitely just, you know, we're going to a manor. There's a lot of people there. We're in England. Yeah. Someone's been murdered. A, a detective that works outside of the police force yeah. is our person. It, yeah. I mean, it seems like uh, Francis Duncan, whose real name is William something. I had, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know why he works under the alias. Because um, he wrote a nine-hour book. <laughs> William Randolph Hearst wrote this book. <laughs> No, he did not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Sometimes you try. Um, so everyone's going to Benedict Graham's for Christmas, and uh, Roger Winton. Mm-hmm. We the first chapter, chapter after yeah. the prologue. Um, we get Roger Winton and Dennis Arden, and Roger Winton is in love with Dennis Arden, who is a lady, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Dennis is is a lady's name in this case, which I've never heard before, but I like it. It's kind of well, it's Dennis with a Y. Is it? Yeah. No. Oh. Did you? Did, I guess you just read a synopsis or something. Yeah. Okay. It's like were you reading along with? The, <laughs> by the which way, which I've considered doing. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, every time he said Graham, mm-hmm. Benedict Graham, yeah. which is the character's name. I thought he was pronouncing Graham really strangely, so I did oh, look that okay. up, <laughs> yeah. and I found out that it's spelled G-R-A-M-E, so I'm oh, like, okay. oh, okay. Yeah. But English folks also do say Graham rather than, like, Heather Graham is how... Like, That's what I thought. English uh, and Australian folks region, sometimes... Regionally. Yeah. Regionally. Speaking. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, uh, so, yes, Roger is in love with Dennis, mm-hmm. but her guardian... Jeremy Rayner does mm-hmm. not want Roger to marry her for some yeah. reason. Uh, and no one can really figure out why. 
He it, seems to have just like switched his opinion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Uh, so then we learn about Nicholas Blaze, who mm-hmm. is Graham's secretary slash companion friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, you know, facilitating some of the festivities as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham apparently always dresses up as Father Christmas and puts the presents on the tree. Yes. Every year. And uh, people, okay. So in this beginning, <laughs> in this beginning bit, Roger makes all of these remarks about how weird uh, Dennis's family is, mm-hmm. and all these weird uncles and stuff she has. And I'm like, come on, Roger. Like, can we enjoy some whimsy every mm-hmm. once in a while? Like some weird. If if we didn't have weird people. What fun would life be? Well, we certainly wouldn't have this podcast. It's true. So. Anyway, they dunk on weird people a lot. They do. And then also, like, the weird, like, they consider it strange to do Christmas to the fullest with the tree and decorations and, like, presents at all, which I'm like, that's an interesting concept coming from an American standpoint. Okay, no. Like, I, sorry. Okay. Okay. These people are doing the most, and I I do not appreciate it. I don't. You don't? This is my nightmare. This is my Christmas nightmare. <laughs> my nightmare before Christmas. Ah, <laughs> there it is. What the? What is the whole? It's like a grown, a grown man, <laughs> uh-huh. dressing up, frolicking about in a full Father Christmas outfit for other adults. Yes, it's just like what? No, <laughs> you're grown. Stop it. Knock it off. Have some hot cocoa and sit in the corner. <laughs> Now, if it was a gathering and everything and whatnot, well, no, no, no. But like, if If he wasn't dressed, (laughs) is it a problem because it's Santa Claus himself? Or no? Okay, but if he just wasn't dressed up and you know was just having lots of people over and put presents on the tree and stuff, then fine, a holiday soiree, if you will, fine. Okay. Delightful, it's, possibly. So it's the costume it's we the have costume issue with. Just, yeah. All right, all right. And there is this weird, even in the beginning of the book, there's this weird level of commitment to the bit yes. that he has. It is strange. It is like, it is it is weird. Thank you. But I also do understand Melissa's point of like, you know, live a little. Yeah, well, it, live a little. it's not even necessarily that mm-hmm. as much as they're talking about other people. Sure. That act weird. Not not just him. Sure. But yeah. but yeah, and, mm-hmm. at any rate. That's fair. Um, but I, ha- I did also consider, who is he dressing up for? Because he mm-hmm. goes down dressed as Father Christmas after everyone has gone to bed. Yeah. So no one sees him. Doing... <laughs> The most. It's so, it's super strange because no one even actually sees him. Well, actually, we find that he is seen. Mm-hmm. Well, allegedly seen. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, like, ostensibly, no. the whole yeah. plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. If a Santa falls in the forest and there's no one around to see him. <laughs> it didn't actually even happen. No. Does Paul well ask Rudolph? Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so yes. Um, also, I had learned a long time ago at some point mm-hmm. that it was a tradition at some point to put presents on the tree yeah. yes. as opposed to under the tree. Yes. And that is absolutely 100% what he's doing. Yeah. And I just started thinking about what if we did that today? And an Xbox would not fit on a tree. I was going to say an Xbox. You read my mind. Which is <laughs> the chips over? Where's the cat? I did think about the Xbox as well. Okay. But in a manner of like, is there a way to like tie it to the base of the tree? <laughs> the trunk is just duct taped. No, like up high, like maybe you could configure it. Like if you just like. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some strong branches, gotta be. Well, yes, because you put, like, you sit it, like, around mid or upper tree. Yeah, okay. But if you anchor it, like, if you tie that bit up there. And then to it the... swings from the ceiling and it finish? hits the burglars. 
Let Tyler not finish. Home alone. My goodness. <laughs> a movie I still have never seen. <gasps> Let Tyler finish, and we'll come back to it. <laughs> that is, he's my moment to drop that. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Xbox is upper middle tree. Okay. You have a rope. It is tied around the front of the Xbox, going to the back. Yeah. Down, tied to one of the lower, stronger branches. Uh huh. Therefore, holding it in place. <laughs> no wobbling. Boom. Done it, kids. Cool. I think that could work, but I would want to get the warranty for the Xbox just in case. <laughs> in case it fell. You don't have to put it at the up or part of it. Gotta tell you. Also, it would be confusing for kids because they'd be like, what do you think? Presents don't grow on trees. And they're like, <laughs> Oh, man. Well, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you a very simple solution to your problem. Just don't speak. <laughs> You've never seen Home Alone? Nope. Do you want to? Nope. Okay. Well, I can I did respect see that. Home Alone 3, which I heard oh. in retrospect is terrible, but yeah. as a kid, I thought it French was. French Stewart's fun. in okay. it, though, and he's fun. Oh, yeah. No, that's, he's in the fourth one. Oh. There's four? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The first one is really good. Yeah. It's actually really good. It's it a really fun up. film, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. The second like, one I is would, fun. I would watch it, but like, yeah. I don't have an inclination to watch it. If it were on, yeah. I'm sure. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I was in a bar last year um, when I was stuck in Savannah because it was snowing. And oh, we just right. wandered into a bar. Me and my boyfriend, we wandered into a bar um, that was open because <laughs> everything else was closed down because it was snowing in Savannah, Georgia. And they had Home Alone on in the bar. And it was, we watched quite a bit of it. And it was really lovely and charming. That's a nice little memory I have. You can cut that if you want. It's so nice. <laughs> it's so nice, though. So Nicholas Blaze um, has called Mordecai Tremaine, who is a, an amateur detective. <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, this is on topic, though. Yeah. Okay. If you listen to this audiobook, listen at 1.5 speed, and every time they say Mordecai Tremaine, take, take, a, take a shot. <laughs> yeah, just do it. <laughs> you will be blind Good. drunk yeah. afterward. Yeah. The amount of times that is said. You would have thought he was Simon, as in Simon says. <laughs> the amount of times, as Mordecai Tremaine says. I would, it. yes, I would say this. Well, we're in this little lexics of talking about the, the pros. They, he chooses to do this consistently with every character, but specifically Mordecai Tremaine. And full name, never just Mordecai. Yes. yes. And it is the worst. Yeah. And also the reason the book is... Nine hours. If you just cut those out, it would be just like a five-hour novel, I think. <laughs> just like 45 yes. minutes of a good mystery. <sighs> oh, yeah. They have Mordecai Tremaine. Blaze asks him to come because he's concerned about someone hurting Graham. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's anyone's Graham. Okay. So, Mordecai's on his way. I'm going to call him Mordecai because I can't do both no, of the names. You have to say Mordecai. I really... <laughs> I'm on a first name basis with everyone. Morty? Mm, no. Kai? That's kind of funny. Kai. All right. Kai. All right. Uh, he's on his way to the manor or whatever, and he sees a couple in a tea shop. And he does. Yeah. That becomes more important later. Um, so he, like, makes up a story about them in his head, and then he goes on his way to the uh, manor. And he meets this cast of characters, in addition to Roger Winton and Dennis Arden and, of course, Benedict Graham and uh, Nicholas Blaze. There are, there's Rosalind Marsh, who's yes. sitting by him at dinner and, like, kind of giving him the lowdown low on everybody, mm -hmm. um, who is a talkative young lady. And mm -hmm. she runs an art shop, and she says she makes her living off of people who have no taste and lots of money. That's fun. Which is fun. Oh. Um, I hope to do the same one day. Then we have Professor Loring, who is, like, a curmudgeonly Scrooge-type oh, yeah. scientist character. I love him. That yeah. makes sense. Mm -hmm. That tracks. Um, right. <laughs> A plus. 
there's the Napiers, who I forget almost everything about. Well, they're the neighbors, right? Or they live very close by. Are like they? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Let's say yes. Uh, All in favor? Aye. aye. To a fact. <laughs> uh, there is also Lucia Tristam. Hi. <laughs> I know. That's my name. I kept hearing Tristan, too. Mm-hmm. But it's Tristam, um, who is over 30 and past that. Who can tell? Mm-hmm. Um, she's... Can uh, I give you my breakdown? Yeah, sure. Over 30. Hot. Yeah. Red hair. Fun personality. Widowed. Manhunter. Yeah, I, <laughs> That's I, what I, have. I wrote that. Dennis calls her a manhunter. <laughs> also Appar- my type. Yes. Oh, yeah, she sounds awesome. Um, Dennis calls her Manhunter. Apparently, both Jeremy and Benedict are into her, and she hasn't shown a preference for either. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and so... I think she's uh, a lesbian. Um, oh. I, I actually... Yeah. I, uh, I have... I have... I have thoughts on that I've for proof- later. <laughs> I just thought that she knew... Like, she saw them, talked to them, and was like, yeah, no. <laughs> That's fair. Also possible. Yeah. Uh, but I had a theory for a little while um, mm-hmm. that proved to be, I guess, not correct based on the book. Um, mm. But so then there's also Charlotte Graham, Benedict's yes. sister, who is, I wrote, older because um, they talk about her being an old maid all the time, yeah. mm-hmm. which means that she's, you know, over 20. Mm-hmm. I wrote down a character named Austin Delamere. Yes. yes. I don't remember anything about him either. Well, which one? Austin is, this one? is mm-hmm. where my notes begin. Oh, oh thank good. goodness, because I have no recollection. I have of one note about Charlotte Grain before we continue. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, she was maybe in Camford because he shows up and was like, "You were in Camford, right?" Because I just saw you in that tea shop. Oh yeah, yeah. And she was like, "No." Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. So, so maybe not, exactly. So she, I mean, but the way it's presented, so what happens is he's like, oh, hey, I saw you at the tea shop earlier. You didn't see me. I just, it must have been you. you mm-hmm. look. And she says, um, no, absolutely not. Oh, my gosh, no. God, couldn't have been me. Uh, 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 Lucia, could you tell him I, I was with you the whole time? And Lucia actually does cover mm-hmm. for her. So obviously she was in the tea shop because... <laughs> She was being really sketchy, um, and yes. she's with uh, she was with a man who was not there. So Austin Delamere arrives. As he was delayed and apologizes to the host, Don't he says delayed. he may have to work while there and may not be the most social. Mm-hmm. Mordecai Relatable, just honestly. so happens to be in the area when uh, Delamere walks through the door. Mm. Delamere remarks that it's nice to take a break from politics for the holiday. Oh, right, that guy. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Thank you. And he is rumored to do unsavory things in order to climb the government ladder. But oh. it's not proven. Like buy that one woman's art. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Delamere Ooh. was a regular member of the Christmas party because this is an annual event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mordecai is the only newcomer, yes? Two. No. Uh, Loring? Loring. Yeah. Professor Loring also is new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got a nice little scene with the two of them. Um, oh, also from Jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I get why Mordecai is there. Sorry, Mordecai. Why Mordecai Tremaine is no. there. No. <laughs> <sighs> but, like, from Jump, he is just in everybody's business. He? Like, no chill no. whatsoever. No. Just up in the Kool-Aid, like, it's <laughs> not... <laughs> Just not caring what the flavor is. Like, he's yeah. just in it. And I'm just like, dude, no one knows who you are. No one has any reason to trust you. Why are they just going to start spilling their secrets? Mm-hmm. Calm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. But he can't calm down because we have nine hours to go. <laughs> well, at this point, like eight. Well, <laughs> oh, uh, no. Um, 820. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is it? What? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Delamere is a regular at the party, and Mordecai then believes him to be part of or knowledgeable about the intrigue surrounding the events. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, And when does he arrive? Does he arrive, like, on Christmas Eve day? Is that when Austin Delamere arrives? Yes. Okay, I see. Because in the morning, Dennis shows uh, Mordecai around. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she tells Mordecai the story about Roger and why, uh, or she doesn't know why, but that uh, her guardian, Jeremy Rayner, does not like mm-hmm. Roger and um, also tells him a bit about the house. Mm-hmm. Um, it was last owned by a family called the Latimers. Yes. And uh, also at some point, Queen Elizabeth slept in this house. Yeah, for like a week yeah. or something. Um, and uh, a woman who was forbidden to marry her fiancé jumped out of her window and committed suicide. Yeah. In one of the rooms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's kind of interesting about the Lorimers, the last guy... Oh, the Latimers? La- yeah, the okay. Latimers, sorry. That's okay. Um, The Latimer, the guy that... The last one that owned it used to, like... He couldn't afford to keep up the house, so yeah. he would just, like, camp out on the grounds, but, like, was like, I don't want to my family's namesake and then he was finally forced mm. to sell it right right and it was shameful and embarrassing yes as it would be which yeah. is a bummer yeah much like Agatha Christie's Poirot television episode where the father kidnaps his own kid yeah yeah, yeah it reminded me yep. yeah it reminded me of that too yes um alright yes anyway I just wanted to oh no that, that's get that in yeah. there uh so yes um we have met Austin Delamere now, and then... He goes in... Uh, Mordecai Tremaine goes into the library where he overhears uh, George Beachley on a telephone call, having a very stern conversation, remarking... No, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna go on the show, Howard. I'm not gonna go on the show. Howard Stern? Okay, moving on. Be- I'll get... <laughs> Having a very stern conversation. And then Howard oh. Stern. Okay. Yeah. I like so. to have fun. Some people don't. I get that. But it is part of my oeuvre and brand as an artist to have fun with words specifically. Speaking of words, I'll see <laughs> I'll see you get the money. He's good for that much. Is what... Mordecai Tremaine overhears Beachley saying on the phone. Right, right, right. Mordecai Tremaine clears his throat. <laughs> Thank you. And Beachley's like, oh, you caught me at a bad time. Yeah. Mordecai Tremaine's like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't think anybody was here. Yeah. Do you, dude? <laughs> and then she's like, oh, you don't understand. A friend called to ask for money, and I decided to give my friend a piece of my mind as well. Oh, yeah. This whole thing. And then Mordecai Tremaine is just like, okay. Peace. There's so many characters in this. Yeah. Also, I yeah. kind of... I feel like I combined George Beachley and Professor Loring in my brain at some point. Well, he's who we meet next. Great. (laughs) So, Professor Ernest Loring is sat reading the Financial Times. Uh Uh-huh. Mordecai Tremaine starts to have a conversation with him, and Loring shuts him down. Oh, right. With the quickness. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Uh, We find that this is Loring's first time at the Christmas party. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mordecai Tremaine cannot take the hint and continues to piss off Loring. Oh, Can yeah. Can I say, do you think he did find him very alluring? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, that one, we, we got that one. Yeah. So then Loring were realizing that, you know, like, ah, I should calm down a little bit. He apologizes and says that the thought of rowdy young people or old people <laughs> playing young yeah. Puts him on edge. Loring is mood. <laughs> I mean, he ain't wrong. You are right. It is weird, but it also is like, don't be so judgy. On one hand, don't be so judgy, but on the other hand, you are right to judge. Uh, so Rosalind Marsh and Beachley are smoking. Yeah, and they're just they... so attractive. Continue. <laughs> and they discuss the evening's upcoming dinner, saying the Napiers will return yet again. <laughs> It is then that Beachley is thought to be mad by the people in town. Mm. Rosalind recounts that there are many rumors about Beachley and his various uh, curmudgeonly and practical, jokey behavior about Mm -hmm. town. 
Mm-hmm. And then we get this really uncomfortable and odd imagery of Beachley wanting to snap Rosalind's neck. Oh, right, yeah. It gets very graphic out of nowhere. Uh, all because Rosalind is just, like, recounting this and, like, saying things, like, to have a laugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, it, yeah it's not it pleasant. Was, yeah. It's not yeah. pleasant at all. Um, throughout the evening, Mordecai comes across the same collection of characters over and over. Yeah, there's um, a, just so much yeah. of, uh, yeah. Getting slowly past the superficial. Uh, not much. Yeah. Has anyone died yet? No. No. Hey, here's the we thing. We still have eight more chapters to go. No. Can I say? No. The murder occurs about two-thirds of the way through the book. Yep. And it doesn't start picking up immediately after. Like, something interesting has happened, but it doesn't, like, pick up that much. But that first two-thirds is just a slog. It's too much exposition. It is too too much exposition. Much. It's a vision, it, which is totally huh? so much yeah. mm-hmm. I couldn't think of something that rhymes with exposition though. Um, Extradition. I just thought getting to know you <laughs> from the king and I. That's yeah. all yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As the evening progresses, Mordecai Shemaine wanders about the house and visits the tree. Under the lights of the tree, Mordecai Tremaine is enraptured by the spectacle. Yeah. It's Much a good like tree. the others throughout the evening as well. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to go up and regard the tree mm-hmm. at some point. They're all yeah. horny for Not really tree. taking in the spectacle of it, but seem oddly connected to it in mm-hmm. a way. I see. Okay. I do love a good Christmas tree. I do too. A bad Christmas tree, however. I still mm. like a bad Christmas tree. Charlie well, Brown? What yeah. is a bad Christmas tree. One that is in your home at Easter. Yeah, that's true. Never mind. That's also bad luck. Yeah, a tree past New Year's or past the week after New Year's, that's a bad tree. My goodness. Do you host a a tree past? Maybe your friends and family? Um, very good. I love Christmas season. I think I might even love Christmas season more than Christmas itself. Yes, the month of December leading up to Christmas is the best time of the year. Once Christmas happens, it's fine. Whatever. I and I enjoy I enjoy lights. I enjoy mm-hmm. twinkly lights mm-hmm. so much. So so very, very much. I just want twinkly lights all the time. That you know, is you where can I do stand. That. You can do that. I have fairy lights in my my room. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing that. It's very fun. It's yeah. very festive. Also, it's like good for when you're about to go to bed and you don't want to. You want to get used to the idea of it being black. Dark. Yeah. 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 All right. All in favor of lights. Aye. Overruled. <laughs> Two against. Don't one. care. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, no, I... none of us live together. <laughs> uh, another quick personal question for both of you. Sure. Um, Tyler, in the scenario, you enjoy lights. Um, <laughs> imagine. Imagine you enjoyed seeing. Um, <laughs> if you do, you prefer the um, like the colored kind of lights, like the the red and the green kind of lights, or the pale luminescence of a either cream or an off white. Or a an LED light. What kind of light do you play with? Pale, non-twinkling, sterile light. Mm, I can dig it. I like both. Okay. Uh, in fact, I have a friend who has her tree is uh, they have a fake tree, uh, and it's <laughs> pre-lit <gasps> with white lights, and they add uh, the multicolored lights. Oh, that's fun. It's great. I. I will take, I like string lights better than laser lights. Yes. However, if you're going to do both, that's also fine with me because I like the most lights. The, the most amount of lights. The, the most amount of lights I possible. do like the phrase pre-lit. Like, you ever yeah. been, like, hosting a party yeah. and, like, before the guests arrive, like, oh, my God, this party is already pre-lit. pre-lit. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that. Yeah. Thank you very I much. Like that. That's very good. <laughs> that's very good. Uh, but my, uh, my current situation is i have white lights on my tree okay yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like white lights for ambiance um yeah. for just all year round yeah um yeah, i like the the multicolored lights for the tree itself all right that's what i enjoy for like to denote like this is the holiday lights 
the next morning. <laughs> the house is awoken by screams. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm so sorry for what just happened in your ears. That sounds like Grange to me, says Beachley. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Everyone runs downstairs. Or a lot of people run downstairs. But in, like, this weird way, like... Yeah. <laughs> Mordecai Tremaine just happens <laughs> to come across, like, people one by one instead of just going to the source of the screams. Like, yeah. nobody is that concerned that they're running towards that. Everyone's just like... Oh my gosh, did you hear that? Yeah, sounds like something awful happened. It sounds like the Xbox oh, dropped. Oh, you! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. There we go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yeah, it's but like very... It takes forever for them to get there. Yeah. It's like, uh, remember that Eddie Murphy bit? Uh, maybe. Where like, uh, his aunt is like falling down the stairs. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of like a graduation, like just calling oh. the names <laughs> one by one. Yeah. That's super strange. Oh, oh boy. Silly book. So what are so we? So three chapters later we finally get <laughs> <laughs> the source of this craving. Yeah, uh huh. Oh my gosh, sorry, even before that. Uh, oh no. <laughs> uh, Mordecai Tremaine informs Beachley that no, it's not Benedict Grames, because it was, it was a woman's scream. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Uh, so, da, 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 they're downstairs now, yay. They discover... <laughs> yay, a body! Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> a corpse! Is that, is that not how you would enter a crime scene? Uh, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, this is dope. Let's take a quick <laughs> selfie with the deceased. Yo, this murder was pretty lit. Like, it was lit. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen it. Oh, man. Uh, who's dead? Who's dead? Who's dead? Da, 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 da. It must be Jared. Uh, no, it must. Oh, God. Who was it? Who uh, everyone's. It well, it's someone dressed like Father Christmas. Father Christmas. Oh, so they, everyone's like, oh, gosh. It must be Graham. No. Oh, oh, no. no. Oh, is, gosh. Oh, terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> the person who was screaming, by the way, is Charlotte Graham. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the body is underneath the Christmas tree. No sign of weapons. Xbox on top of the head. <laughs> <laughs> he so he was killed by the Xbox <laughs> falling on his head. Can I say that might be more interesting than this book? Yeah. Yes. As you can. Everyone who would find that more interesting than this book. I. I, <laughs> I thought this was important at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear the note. Yeah. The floorboards carried moisture from the French doors to the tree. Oh, man. Oh, right. That super wasn't important, was it? It kind of is. Oh, okay. Because but, I've realized why, it, but it's not super it's, important. Yeah. It's like a, just a detail thrown in. It feels like, what? who wrote this? Faulkner? <laughs> <laughs> um, There's more than one, really? Um, <laughs> uh, Francis Duncan. Francis Duncan feels like... This series kind of feels like they got, they've clearly read a lot of murder mysteries. And oh like, yeah. Okay, so there's all this detail that like Sherlock noticed, and it's clearly like Agatha Christie inspired. But like the two things together, without the justification of the plot needing it, just make it fall flat yeah. consistently, and it's it's very frustrating. But yeah. anywho, Loring eventually arrives and bemoans being woken up by. <laughs> people in that. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Delamere was also the first to speak, inquiring whether they should call for a doctor. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, he's dead. He's dead? I don't know what good a doctor is going to do with uh, this dead person. Yeah. Mordecai then goes through all the guests in the house and how they could all be suspects in mm. his mind. Uh, when the suggestion to call the police finally arises from the group, Nicholas arrives all late and wrong, <laughs> uh, immediately believing it to be Graham's as well. <clears throat> yep. He says to Mordecai Tremaine before anything else. 
I need to find... Yeah, so he needs to find... The murderer. The murderer of Benedict Graham. Yeah. He's very specific about that point. And then he relents on how he wished to prevent it, but he was too late. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, Blaze, right? Blaze. Yeah. Yeah. 420, Nicholas Blaze it. Okay. Nicholas Blaze 420, pre-lit. Yeah. (laughs) He's going on tour, everybody. (laughs) All right. Um, it is then at some point discovered that it's Jeremy Rayner, not Grames, who is dead. Mm-hmm. Correct. And dressed as Father Christmas. Right. Apropos of nothing but the holiday. Um, Charlotte is extremely distraught by finding out that it is Jeremy who is indeed dead. Yeah. Roger is then questioned. Uh, he arrives and there's like a mark on his cheek, blood on his face, and he's missing a button. Yeah, uh, and so Roger wasn't supposed to be there because yeah. he, you know, Jeremy didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but they were up until very recently good friends, right? Yes, they yeah. were like best buds, right? And they're like, <laughs> why don't you like him anymore? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So Roger said he was attacked by a mysterious stranger. Beachley questions Roger accusatorily as to how Roger could strike the mystery man but not see him clearly. Blaze doesn't trust anyone at this point and questions whether the interaction actually happened. Yep. Benedict Grames is finally told of the crime. (laughs) What happened? And calls it nonsense as he has his full Father Christmas regalia. I'm in it right now. I slept in it. (laughs) Yeah, apparently he had already been down to the tree and put on all of the presents. Yeah. So why Jeremy Rayner was down there dressed as Father Christmas is a bigger mystery. mystery. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Melissa. That is okay. (laughs) (laughs) And why? And they have two. It's so strange. It's so bizarre. It's so strange. Mm -hmm. But it gets even more bizarre. It does. Mordecai asked if Rayner was tasked with taking on the role of Father Christmas this year. Grames is furious and replies, of course not. Everyone seems to be annoyed that the police has been called. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Can I be honest? Peak whiteness. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, oh, gosh, I have to speak to an officer? Well. Well. Sorry, not sorry. That's peak blackness, like not wanting to deal with the police. Oh, sure, sure. I understand. For different reasons. For different reasons. Yeah. I feel like being annoyed with the police specifically, maybe. Maybe this is an issue where white people and black people can come together. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't you with the police? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Make that a Starbucks conversation. Please. (laughs) So then they started a war on Christmas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) With their red holiday cups. Without, you know, Christmas decorations on them. Yeah. It's time to put the Christ back in Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I once said, I once said, it's time to put the Jesus back in Christmas. It's <laughs> <laughs> very funny. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I like to have fun. (laughs) Okay. We then discover that the tree is now bare and the bracket with Jeremy's name is now empty. Nearly an Xbox on this branch. I'm going to milk that for all it's worth. Thank you. So what are... So, like, I guess they put letters on the tree. They put letters, yeah, with brackets. Yeah. Time passes. Uh, the police arrive. Mm-hmm. They immediately take over the scene of the crime. Yeah. The guests have now been barred from the room, but Mordecai is allowed to stay, but only to observe at a distance. Yeah, because the chief inspector is like, I remember you. You were you helped solve a murder a bit ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah. Morde- Mordecai, Shermaine, and the superintendent are like seemingly at odds during like at some point. Like yeah, Mordecai, just... Shermaine rubs him the wrong way a bit. Can't imagine why. Ugh, probably. Ugh. It's also one of these things as well. Like, 
he's like, uh, he's constantly, it's really reiterated at least 17 times. I'm like, oh, the chief inspector doesn't want an amateur to get, get that back to his boss because he'd get in trouble. And like, mm-hmm. it's like, well, then just don't help him. Right. Yeah. You just don't, just fine. It's cool. You just, he's just nosy. He's not a detective. He's just up at everyone's business. And I do, up with that, I will not put. Go home, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> so the superintendent asks for Mordecai's recollection of the events following the discovery of the body. He tells him everything, minus the uh, minus his own notes from the investigation that he's right. doing himself. Yeah. The superintendent and Mordecai share a mutual acquaintance or something, <laughs> and this seems to assuage uh, the superintendent. Yeah, he knows like people that work at the same agencies. The super- yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, he then yells at Mordecai Tremaine that. <laughs> yeah, I love that you sound like the adults in in Peanuts. Yeah. To get Mordecai Tremaine to <laughs> get the others to open up. <laughs> that was so dumb, Tristan. So he starts with Charlotte Dreams. <laughs> said that she had a headache, couldn't sleep, and came downstairs with a light uh, where she thought she had heard the noises. He tells the superintendent that he does not believe that, uh, he believes Mrs. Grames to be lying as she was mm-hmm. fully dressed for the day. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. So That's the thing. Have like this weird like conversation about her countenance and how she seemed frightened rather than shocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very suspicious. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Take it away, T-Bone. Okay, so basically, I'm going to wrap this up real quick because I have a stand-up show to go to. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, what happens is he conducts an investigation, finds out some information, and basically, he finds out that most people got their hands a little dirty at this mm-hmm. at this party like one guy had like was selling blood diamonds i guess from south africa which is fascinating to think yeah. about in this time period but also a real thing yeah um someone else like i think the politician obviously has a bunch of weird dirt on yeah mm-hmm. and then, who was the person that bought another father christmas outfit Beachley. Beachley. okay what was he doing with that um i totally forget because what? also he, he wanted to sneak around to get mm-hmm. uh, a peek at his letter or like someone's letter on the tree. On the tree. Yes. Oh, okay. 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 Um, because also, also there's a necklace that is missing. Right. It was a necklace that Jeremy was going to give to mm-hmm. uh, Dennis. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's also missing. So at some point that gets so stolen. But over the course, with the help of Nicholas Blaze, Mordecai Tremaine slowly discovers all this. Then he slowly. Let's see, I don't... Yeah, everyone acts real sketchy. Yeah, and they're just a very evasive, and it's, like, clear that, like, there's something strange going on in general. Yeah. Many interviews happen. Yes. Um, at one point, there were carol singers um, oh, yeah, the night that's before, right. which is important, unfortunately. Did remind me of Love Actually, which was fun. Yeah, it reminded me of that, too. Um... At, they were there for so long. So long. They sang like a whole all of Handel's Messiah. They sang, <laughs> um, and they were there, and they go and interview the vicar that was leading the carolers around. Yeah, and he's like, uh, you know, "I don't know what you're talking about," and he just like can't handle the situation. And um, basically, what it comes down to is. Uh, he, Mordecai Tremaine is like, well, how many people did you have? Was there 13 or 14? How many people? And he's like, I can't remember because one person counts um, 13. And the butler counts 13 carolers. Okay, that's right. And Mordecai counted 14 carolers. Yeah. So one went missing. So maybe that's up. Uh, ooh, intrigue and mystery. Yeah. <laughs> ooh. Um, but they go around the town and talk to people and all with Nicholas Blaze, who he trusts implicitly because he is the one that sent for him. And thus right. would, it would assume that like, oh, like he wanted help because he saw something like this coming, which is like weird also. Yeah. But he, you know, Nicholas Blaze thought that it was going to be, uh, Graham that was killed. Mm-hmm. Like he, that's who... That's the reason why he called Mordecai to yeah. try and 
you know, prevent his death, not Jeremy. At any rate, there's a lot of shady goings on and yeah. everyone seems to have something yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, and we do find out that Charlotte Graham yes. has been around with a gentleman. Ooh, yes. The one that <laughs> the one that uh of course uh Mordecai saw her with at the tea shop. Mordecai spends a lot of time trying to talk about um not trying, succeeding in talking about uh the fact that he finds it curious that Charlotte never married. Right. Um and that's the point when I was going, Oh, it's because yes. she and and um Lucia, Lu- Lucia, Lucia, Lucia mm-hmm. um, are they're lesbians. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I thought it was heavenly, heavenly and heavily implied. Heavily implied. I, yeah, I was yelling at my audible. I was like, because she's a lesbian. Because she is a lesbian. No, they're very good friends and roommates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're gay, you fool. <laughs> no, I really don't think that's it. I mean. Okay, time. We do find out she's engaged to a man. And that was the reason. I know it's so disappointing. Honestly, like, can't can't we have some lesbians in this book? Not in the 1800s. (laughs) Not in the 1800s. (laughs) Not according to Saoirse Ronan and Kate Winslet. Do you not hear about this movie they're both in? That film is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) What? They're coming out with a movie with Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan where they play. Lovers in the 1800s. So anyway, they wander around the town. They conduct <laughs> interviews. They find out some stuff. Ugh, everyone has fingies and pies. And on that note, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. Please never say fingies again. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a little break. We'll come back with the the murderer. Nectar makes the most comfortable mattress available and sells the nectar directly to you, cutting out middlemen and markups. You enjoy the best mattress at a much better price. Nectar is designed for every type of sleeper and arrives backed by our full comfort guarantee and forever warranty, plus a full year sleep trial so you can make sure Nectar is right for you at no risk. Nectar arrives straight to your door. If you like, we can set up your Nectar and remove your old mattress. Thousands of Nectar customers and over 20 mattress review sites think Nectar is the most comfortable mattress you can purchase. And if you don't agree, we'll take Nectar back and refund your full purchase. Nectar provides you with a full year, 365 nights to enjoy Nectar and figure out if Nectar is right for you. If you decide for any reason that Nectar is not your ideal mattress, we'll remove the mattress from your home and refund your payment 100%. Our risk-free trial is three times longer than any other that we have seen. Fewer than 3% of Nectar sleepers return their Nectar. And now our listeners can take $100 off the purchase of their mattress. Just go to bit.ly slash scavsleep. That's bit.ly slash scavsleep. No wonder everybody wants a Nectar sleep mattress. And we're back. Oh, boy. The murderer was... Me. (laughs) (laughs) Tristan killed the book. I killed the book. I deleted it from my account. No, what I did do is I did listen to it as I fell asleep last night, hoping that some more information would (laughs) get retained. (laughs) That puts you to sleep a lot quicker, dude. Yeah. You can't can't do that. (laughs) I gotta say, I might start doing that moving forward and trying to remember where I'm at in the book. The next morning, where I fell asleep and tried, but just because, like, I gotta push through these things. Well, you have a dream about murder that does mm. not go well. I've been in these streets before. <laughs> okay, turns out everybody was being blackmailed. Right. By Benedict Graham. Yes, by Graham, which makes sense because he calls the party once a year, obviously, because it's a Christmas party. They get orders from him to do shameful, weird acts because he's a perverse. Weird man, which, by the way, explains why he's dressed up as Father Christmas, because he's into it, and he's weird and a pervert. Like, I do not enjoy this man much at all. No. And so here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot to mention earlier that the murder weapon, the gun, was discovered in Jeremy Rayner's room, which is unimaginable yeah because everyone's like so wait let me get this straight this jeremy rayner was killed and then the murder weapon 
is in his room. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely not a suicide because it would be super strange if someone shot themselves, put the gun in their own room, and then went down to the Christmas tree to die. Like This what? will show them. This is nothing. This is absolutely yeah. nothing. So basically what occurs is they found out that the gun was rigged to shoot after um, one of the... the Envelopes had been moved. No, yeah. Xbox moves. Yes, when the yeah. <laughs> on the Xbox <laughs> moves. Son of a gun, you got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. When they go up and shake the present to see what's up inside. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Yeah. To, to check on because there's this weird ritual that he does where he writes everyone a letter with their orders for the embarrassing thing that they have to do and the the, the dirt he has on everybody. Yeah. Um. And so he, you presumably, um, Jeremy Rayner was looking at his letter, which was up on the highest. Yeah. And he tugged it, and then he got shot. So Jeremy Rayner was not the target. Not the intended victim, no. Right. Exactly. Who was then? Oh, who puts... Who for sure is going to interact with the envelopes? <gasps> Benedict Gray. Right. So who... The, black, the blackmailer yeah, was, the of blackmailer. course, the... Yeah. So they target. all have motive. Sure. So it's very confusing for exactly a paragraph before... <laughs> <laughs> However, we find out all of the reasons why these other people, though had motive, didn't could have, not possibly have done it. Yeah, didn't have means or opportunity. Right. Yeah. And like Charlotte yes. Graham was planning on running away with her lover. Yes. Who is not a woman, sadly. Uh, and... <laughs> uh, and that is who she was meeting at the tea shop, and that's... Mm-hmm. And, and that's why she was fully dressed. Yes. When she was and screaming she, at the tree. Mm-hmm. Because... And to warn... Right. ...the person. She was screaming loudly to warn away her lover. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, boy, get out of here because we cannot... <laughs> not today. Not not tonight. This isn't going to work tonight. hmm Yeah. But the mystery of the missing carol singer. Well, I'm going to address that yeah, before yeah. we get that. Basically, the guy who used to own the building... Snuck into his old house, just take a quick peek, and like also presumably, I think murder someone as well, or no? I don't remember. He, it, I think he was just. I think he was just like missing his old home. Yeah, yeah just he just wanted to go around. Yeah, which is a bummer. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. And That's he, so sad. He was pr- hiding in a priest hole. We talked about priest holes here a couple of weeks back. Yeah, where you would hide a priest during when they were getting killed for during Church of England times. Yeah. And he was hiding one of those for, like, three days. <laughs> yeah. Sneaking around, just trying to avoid being seen. And so, like, oh, so he was the murderer, right? No, turns out it was uh, Nicholas Blaze. The whole time. The whole time. Because he knew about the blackmail and was like, oh, what a fiend. I'm going to kill that guy. The, this it? recounting, like, mm-hmm. when our narrator is, like, as Nicholas Tremaine going through all of this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, I might start writing some prison <laughs> letters. Like, I was good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Nic- Nicholas like, Blaze kind of. That's the one. Mm-hmm. All right. Imagine all right. James McAvoy as Nicholas Blaze. Oh, that runs up. Really? No. Not like Jimmy? Not for me. Okay. okay. What about Peter Capaldi? I, I don't know who that is. What about Craig Ferguson? Uh, oh, all right, you know. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. I'm trying to think of another Ewan Scottish McGregor. Scottish people. Ewan, Ewan McGregor? Yeah. That, okay. That, that'll, that's that'll good. Do. Okay, with that'll a big do. mustache. The biggest mustache he's ever had. Uh, why? I'm Gotta ruin so, it with mustaches. I'm just so horny for a mustache. <laughs> I am <are>. so not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was Nicholas Blaze the whole time. And um, uh, what is his name? Tremaine? Mm-hmm. The, the detective, the main yeah. character, yeah. Mordecai Tremaine. Mordecai Tremaine. How could you forget so Mordecai Tremaine yes. basically confronts Nicholas Blaze, and Nicholas Blaze is like, "Ah, oh, shucks, he got me." Yeah. But this is why I did it because he was a bad man. Because he that, was a bad man. Is that why? You're a because bad boy, Nicholas. What I thought. Mm. Oh my! <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to walk in on that moment. Um, <laughs> what I thought was that he was going to take over the blackmail. Oh. Yeah. Oh really? A, yeah. Oh, okay. But he does say, like, oh, he's a bad man, but I do need, I money. need money. That yeah. is true. And instead of having them do, like, 
pervert stuff, <laughs> I'm going to have them pay me. Because that'll be better because they at least know where they stand with me at all times. Yes, that's yeah, right. That yeah. is true. Exactly. Oh, gosh. Um, so they're in the room where the woman had killed herself yeah. in previous owners of, of the house. Yeah, and he's literally about to strangle Mordecai Tremaine. And then Mordecai Tremaine is like, you, wouldn't, you didn't think I was foolish enough to show up by myself. And then the police show up. Yeah. Both have the lights turned off. Both. <laughs> he has a clapper. <laughs> yep. I hardly know her. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was gross. gross. <laughs> so they're like, ah, oh, we got you. Uh-huh. We got you. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to go out this. And he pulls out the gun. And then he gets very close to the edge. And they're like, oh, don't do it. Don't shoot. And he throws the gun at him. Like, there's no bullets in it anyway. It's like, everyone's like, that seems needless. And then he jumps. And that's the end of the book. And that's the literal end of the book. It just ends there. Yep. So, uh, what did you guys think of the book? Uh, I've been wrestling with this. Trying to figure out if it was the way I read it that made me not like it. Or the fact that. You know, you didn't like, like it. Was well, the reason you right? Didn't like it. Yeah. And the more we talk about it, uh huh. I think I just didn't like it. Yeah. <sighs> I wanted to so much. Yeah. Because I love the holidays. I yeah. love the murder mystery. Yeah, exactly. Two great tastes that apparently don't go great together. Well, not in this case anyway. Not in this case. Next year, hopefully, we will time it out right so that we will read. Uh, what is it? Poirot's it's Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's a few Poirot mysteries that have Christmas in the title and they all sound really similar but there is mm-hmm. um, there is a novel that if we plan this right we'll be reading next year mm-hmm. um, at this time and I hope that's better than this yeah and yes. what I will say as well is I think a huge part of this is that I have grown so accustomed to Hercule Poirot yeah. as a detective and as a character and as, as the temperament okay. I do not enjoy Mordecai Tremaine as a character. I do not find him interesting or appealing, which made the entire endeavor very difficult. Um, I didn't dislike him as much as you all did. Um, I found him... He, they kept talking about how sentimental and romantic he was, mm-hmm. and that endears me to people. May so. I say, though, they talked about it, but we never see it. I guess. We did not start to Mordecai Tremaine's credit with his first book, though. That is true. Mm -hmm. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Uh, And it's, I think the prose is sloppy, and I think that the, it is too long. I think there's too much exposition. I think the murder is also not very interesting. Are, are we rating this? Yes, we are. So what scale? Out of 10 for novels. For novels, yeah. But like mustaches still. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. Oh. uh, Santa suits? Sorry. Uh, Santa Beards. Santa Beards. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. I was so close. Yeah. Yeah. Santa Beards. Santa Beards. Keep the facial Santa hair theme. Santa Beard. Get rid of it when you're not around. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get rid of it when you're not around. So you have to be not near it to get rid of it. What is... Okay. Jeopardy style question. Huh. Or a riddle. Huh. <laughs> what do you have to get rid of when you're not around it. <laughs> what is a Santa Beard? <laughs> <laughs> you got me! <laughs> okay, how many Santa Beards do you give this son of a gun? Tyler, go. One charred... <laughs> Sorry. One charred Santa Beard. Uh, it... It was... It was so long. <laughs> It Farewell. Was so like I don't like Ooh. I don't mind long, but like at least be good and okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw I saw what just happened. Uh huh. Uh huh. At least be interesting if you're gonna take up my. Wait, I need Max. <laughs> I need Maxine Waters to just with the gavel reclaiming my time. Ugh. Halfway through this book, it should have started at chapter ten. Yeah, yeah. basically. I don't. I don't because, care who owned the house because it's not even like he's creating like with Tolkien with that analogy. He's creating a whole different world it's that doesn't world. make sense. Yeah. Whereas this is like it's just England in the eighteen hundreds. It's like yeah, we know, we get it. <sighs> We've been there before. <sighs> uh, yeah. Melissa. But I love luring, and that's why it. That's why it doesn't get zero beards. Okay. Okay. 
I'm going to give it a four. Yeah. Okay. There were occasional moments that were not terrible. And it, yeah, I enjoyed some of the cultural references that mm-hmm. were made. Mm-hmm. Um, like being annoyed by the police. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed Dennis mm. as a character Dennis very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked her. I like Lucia as well. She I like fun. Lucia a lot as well. I love a, I love a redhead. Yeah. I thought I was going to really like that Lucia and Charlotte were a couple, but yeah. apparently not. Yeah. Still, though. Francis McDormand or whatever your name is who wrote this book. <laughs> Don't drag Francis McDormand for no reason. Francis Duncan. Francis Duncan. Francis Duncan. <laughs> and we're dunking on him. Yes. There yeah. we go. All right. So four. So four. I give it a one. Okay. Because it did end. The only way this book could be worse is if it was... <laughs> if we were still living... <laughs> and Tristan <laughs> broke Tyler. <laughs> Oh, he's right. so right. He's so right. Bad So okay. Now we have to go repair Tyler uh-huh. so that he can podcast with us the next time. Mm-hmm. And I have to go cleanse my ear holes from this nonsense. All right. I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to adjournment. <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> oh, yeah. Happy New Year! Oh, guys, 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 we oh, can't. Wait, wait, okay. Wait. Ten, nine, nine eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I. Happy, Happy New Year! Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs>